You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network. We appreciate you joining us this Saturday night with Brendan Tobin on the Sports Machine, Sean Levine. And now let's welcome on friend of the show. He is Andrew Gombas. You can follow him on Twitter at Bets and Picks MMA. What a card 290 was. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a better one. Like, not just the main card, but the Robbie Lawler walk-off retirement and everything. You tell me, where do you start, Andrew? When you think of that card, what was the highlight of the night? Yeah, it's really tough because obviously Robbie Lawler ended a fantastic career by first-round knockout. was incredible. And then it just kept building from there. You had Drikas Duplessis winning as a plus-300 underdog, setting himself up for a title fight without Asanya. Um, and the flyweight co-main, for me, that that was the one, the, flymate, the flyweight co-main event. You had Pantoja versus Moreno three. It just an absolute war. These guys are hitting each other with everything they've got. The pace was so high. It went all five rounds. It was a split decision. For me, that was the highlight of the card. It was just incredible. I think the right guy got his got his hand raised, and uh, they both gave a great showing of themselves. Do you think, uh, like, for Volkanovski right now, where does he go from here, man? Like, it looks like the guy just keeps getting better. He's, you know, kind of almost in that Khabib range. Like, it feels like the run goes on, yeah, and he's almost more dominant. Um, does anybody dethrone this guy at 145? Yeah, I think the only guy that's got a shot is Ilya Tapiria. And I don't know if Volkanovski is going to want to go up to 55 or if he wants to fight Ilya. But either way, I think he's um, he's got one of his hardest matchups. Yeah, obviously, Islam has a win over him. So if he goes and fights him again, that's a tough matchup. And if he stays and fights Tapiria, I think that's one of his hardest matchups possible at 145 pounds. So I think he's actually going to get a step up in competition next, which is exciting. Obviously, um, he's fought great fighters, but just stylistically, like to me, in my opinion, like going into the fight and coming out of the fight, Yair was was a fastball right down the middle for him. Um, Korean Zombie was a good fight for him. And Holloway, he has his number. So I feel like Ilya challenging at 145, if anyone's going to do it, I'm not predicting for you necessarily that he will, but I think if anyone is to do it at 145, it's probably him. Edge, have you seen any early lines on that or what that would look like? And like, what does the number, I guess, look like where you would go to Poria, where you would throw something on him? Yeah, um, I saw a minus two hundred plus one seventy out so far. I mean, that might be enough right there. I'd have to, I'd have to do a little more um, due diligence in terms of research and just kind of looking for some certain technical aspects of it. But yeah, in my mind, that's a very close fight right now. I'm, I've been high on Ilya since he got into the UFC. I've bet him in every single fight besides his last one, and uh, I, I think that's a great matchup. I, I actually think. He's not a big enough name to where people don't actually might not actually realize how good of a matchup that is. 
Well, a good way to make your name is to go out there and beat Alexander Volkanovsky, who at this point, like BT said, I think the Khabib comparisons are fair. At this point, it's just where is he in the all-time picture? If you think, like Brendan and I do, that he went out there and actually beat Islam, then his winning streak is, what, a decade? So we could talk about him all day long, but we have to talk about other stuff. Andrew Gombas from at Vets MMA Picks, at Bets and Picks MMA, there we go, on Twitter. Just because, man, there's so much to talk about from that card and then going forward. Bo Nickel, man. So, at Bet MGM, he was plus 150 to win that fight within 60 seconds. And I tried telling my guys, I said, guys, take it. I know it sounds silly. You're not getting any value on it, but it's going to happen. And he did. And he did by knockout. How good is Bo Nickel? And how quick are we going to be talking about him fighting to the belt? Yeah, I think the sky's the limit for Bo Nickel. He's obviously coming from an insanely impressive wrestling background. As you saw Saturday, his striking's coming along. He clearly has power. Um, I, I really do think the sky's the limit for him. He's made all of his professional fights look ridiculously easy. It's going to take someone good to challenge him. And I, I don't recommend that the UFC rushes him into the top 15 right now. There's guys in the top 15 who he'd beat tomorrow, I think. But give him another year or two, and I think you're going to see him in the top five, top ten. Do you think he'd beat Hamzat if they threw that at him right away? Not right away, but if you if you ask me that question in, in another year or two, I might have a different answer. Uh, going into uh, what was the the big middleweight matchup that night, Drakus Duplessis beating Robert Whitaker. Uh, making a statement it is it does kind of give us a fresh matchup against uh, Izzy what do you uh, what do you make of that matchup and uh, I guess from a betting standpoint is Drake is there a number there where you would say like you know what I, I would take him against Izzy I would I would throw money down on him against Izzy yeah, there absolutely is, because going into that fight, in my mind, Whitaker was a more difficult stylistic matchup for Duplessis than Adesanya would be. And I, I hadn't I, I bet the under in the fight this past weekend, um, but I didn't have a side. I, obviously, in retrospect, like Duplessis clear side by a mile. Um, but going into that, in my head, I was like, I'd rather play him against Adesanya than Whitaker because Adesanya's grappling defense isn't at it's good but it's not as good as Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker is kind of known as one of the best defensive wrestlers at the 185 pound division maybe even in the sport and in my head I was like okay Whitaker is a better more clean technical striker so it's going to be tough for Duplessis to compete with him on minutes he could always knock him out but he clearly was competing on minutes and then he finished him in the second round so I think a fight without Asani would look a little bit different I think he'd look to grapple a little bit. Adesanya obviously such a incredibly high level striker that he could knock Duplessis out and he could pick him apart at range. He could win minutes, but really the big question mark for me there is the grappling like Duplessis is going to keep coming forward and just kind of force a fight. Like he does so well, he kind of thrives in those situations. So I, I think this fight is, I think this fight is closer than most people think. I think the early line had Adesanya like minus 300, which I just don't think is accurate given what we just saw from Duplessis over the weekend. I'm not sure what people don't see in Duplessis, especially after the way that he beat up Robert Whitaker, because this would be the at least fourth, if not fifth fight in a row that he'd be coming in at underdog money. And we're all three MMA pretty smart guys sitting in a room together saying, I don't know, it seems to me a little bit more like Duplessis could actually go out there and beat Israel Adesanya just because obviously styles make fights. If you had to bet that one right now, which way you betting it? Duplessis. From uh from from this standpoint, how did you like uh 
the the heated rivalry as it was like as it all kind of unfolded afterwards. Uh, it got very heated in the cage. These guys obviously have a lot of bad blood going into it. Not something that Izzy's unfamiliar with. I mean, the last the the Pereira had its its own level of hate, but uh, but this one seems even a, a little bit more toxic. Yeah, it's an interesting one because every time you bring race into it, it's a little bit odd. And um, like I get what Drew, what Duplessis is saying. He's like, hey, I live in Africa. I breathe African air every day. And it's the same thing. Adesanya, if you remember, Adesanya said the same thing to Whitaker leading up to their fight. He was saying, um, oh, you can't claim New Zealand this, that. Like you, you don't live there anymore. And um, it's kind of the same thing. So it makes it interesting, but they have a fine line to dance when promoting that fight. Like Chael Sonnen had a great quote. There's a difference between how you pick a fight and how you promote a fight. And I kind of think these guys, now that, now that Drikas has picked the fight with the whole Africa angle, I think as you promote it, you kind of go a little bit different of a route. Like you can still have that Africa element to it, but I, I think they kind of need to stay away from the history side of it, the racial side of it, and just kind of say, hey, Africa versus Africa, top fighter versus top fighter. Drikas could say, you had a close decision with Whitaker and I finished him inside a two round. Like that's kind of the angle they should approach that with because that fight's going to sell regardless. Adesanya is probably a top five star in the sport, if not more right now. And um, Drikas is slowly building his name, finishing guys like Robert Whitaker went over till it's um it, it's going to be a big fight regardless. Chael Sonnen and Andrew Gombas, our guest, have something in common, both undefeated and undisputed. You can follow Andrew at Bets and Picks MMA on Twitter. All right, let's talk Robbie Lawler, who we all had him by knockout. We all got four to one odds. My boys convinced me of it. Jake was like, I'll take him by knockout. BT goes, I guarantee he knocks him out. If my boys are that convicted, then I'll put a little bit of money on him. So we all got paid on that. I don't think any of us thought that it was going to go the way it did that quick, almost in movie style. What was your favorite part of that whole thing? If it wasn't the highlight package they put together afterward, that whole thing was crazy. It's so hard to pick one specific thing. Like obviously the, the build up to it, him talking about retirement and what the past few decades in the sport have meant to him going out there and finish, like couldn't have had a more flawless performance gets on the mic the package afterwards, it's like everything was so perfect. You nailed it when you said it was like watching a movie because they literally couldn't have scripted it any better. He went out there, he starts Nico Price, and I think it was under a minute, and uh, gets to ride out on top. So a guy like that deserves it. He's been paying his dues in the sport for decades. And uh, Hall of Famer, Legends, uh, it was it went according to how anyone would want it to go if he'd been watching this guy for the past however many years. Andrew, obviously, uh, biggest news of the week, Tyson Fury and uh, Francis Ngannou. Francis does get his big boxing matchup to make a whole lot of money. I don't know, you know, what chances in hell he has to to make anybody some money in this, whether it be uh, some kind of prop or whatnot. But uh, how interested, excited are you for uh, the, the big heavyweight champion cross-sport matchup? Honestly, like zero out of 10. And I don't <laughs> say that to be disrespectful to either guy. Like Francis Ngannou is not even fought in a cage in 18 months. And that was like a close win over surreal gone. Like, I don't know. He, he doesn't stand much of a chance. Like he's not an entertaining marketer. He's a knockout artist in the cage who hasn't knocked someone out in years. And I'd like to see when he decided to leave the UFC, I kind of was like, 
good for him. I don't really know or think it's going to work out, but you know, he seems like a good enough guy. So all the power to him, just from a personal standpoint, I literally have no interest in the boxing match. I probably won't watch. I have no interest in him knocking out some guy in PFL who he's a thousand times better than. And I, I almost just feel like he took the money and instead of the legacy, which is fine. I would do the same thing just for, just for uh, clarity, but just from a fan perspective or any kind of interest I have, obviously have a vested interest in the sport. It just, it does nothing for me. I think I would have, if it were up to me as a viewer, as a better, as a, someone who pays attention to this sport, I would have liked to see him fight John Jones. I mean, I, I tweeted it when it happened, but when John Jones went out there and just owned Surreal gone in, in the first round, like, no, the big, I said at the time, and I want to still stand by it, whether it worked out in my favor, in, in my favor or not. My opinion at the time was the biggest loser there was Francis Ngannou. I mean, he had just left the UFC as the big bad heavyweight champ who just eked out a 48-47 decision over Surreal Ghana. John Jones goes in there and just absolutely puts him away in under five minutes. And then he did that while Ngannou's a free agent. I was like, that's going to hurt his image, all that. And hey, he got the boxing match. He's getting the money, so good for him. I was wrong about that. I just, I, I've got nothing to say other than I'm not interested in it at all. No, it's, it's, it's TBD. It's to be determined if Nganu ends up the big winner, the big loser. As a friend, Andrew, I don't know if I completely believe you when you say you're not going to watch it. I, my co-host in Kansas City, I mean, I really like Tyson. <laughs> when Tyson fought last time, he said the same thing. He's like, I don't care. I'm not watching. And then I see him tweeting about it that night like everybody else. So we'll see if you got one eye on it when it actually comes around. Speaking of John Jones, before you get out of here, his fight versus Stipe is official. How big do the underdog numbers need to get for you to bet the firefighter over the greatest fighter of all time? It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, it'd have to be a big number because Stipe has been super inactive. His last fight was a KO loss. John Jones, obviously the most gifted fighter of all time. Um, Stipe, all-time great heavyweight, but the run, I don't want to say his run was like, lucky but it was almost like fortunate he had the three fights with Cormier at the end of his career he got Nganu in the beginning and then he lost to Nganu the second time he's 
just he, he like don't get me wrong he's one of the most accomplished heavyweights i just don't think skill wise he's up there with john jones like i just i just struggle to see like the win condition for stipe like i feel like john jones is literally better everywhere i feel like he's a better striker i feel like he's a better grappler i was skeptical of john jones coming into this last fight like, like i actually thought surreal down was gonna win i was like this guy's coming off a three-year layoff he's been doing god knows what outside of the octagon he's coming up a weight class he didn't look good in his couple of fights before he left the sport. Like literally every, all the things I look for, it was just like, check, 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 check. And he goes out there and defies logic completely and looks as good as he's ever looked and walks through a former title challenger, a guy who was one sweep away against Francis Ngannou from being the champion of the world. So he just, he's done it his whole career. He defies logic. He's an incredible talent. I'm, I'm definitely picking him to take Stipe. Great stuff as always, man. Always love catching up with you. That's Andrew Gombas. Follow him on Twitter at Bets and Picks MMA. Talk to you later, brother. Cool. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Sean.